everybody to the Music History Podcast. Chris Sheeman, glad to be with you once again. And I want to remind everybody that uh, you can find us on social media. Hit us up on Twitter. It's at Music History Pod, uh, all one word. And then you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. It's all at Chris Sheeman uh, on both of those. So again, you can also find us online if you're listening via iTunes or the Google Play Store. You can uh, check out our website, Music History Podcasts with the S, plural, because there's more than one, musichistorypodcasts.com. So, episode two, let's talk about the ladies. You know, women have been at the forefront of American music, rock and roll specifically, since the dawn of the genre in the late 19-teens and into the 1920s. One of the most popular touring artists was Ma Rainey. Uh, Rainey's recognized as the mother of blues, and she and her jug man, they toured all over the country from 1910, believe it or not, until the 1930s. So this is pre-Mississippi blues, pre-all that. Uh, the argument can be made that women were as influential in the early days as men, yet the recorded history does not reflect that. Uh, when you think of the blues, you might think what I just said, Mississippi Delta, B.B. King, Buddy Guy. But what about Sister Rosetta Tharp? When you think rock and roll, Elvis pops up in your mind, but what about Wanda Jackson? So when I first started researching the topic of early female rock and roll pioneers, I was shocked to find very little on some really legendary figures. So if you do a Google search like I did, you'll see lots on Joan Jett, Janis Joplin, others from the 60s and 70s, and God knows I love them all. And while that generation produced a number of extremely great artists. You can even talk about the Motown uh, female groups, but there's generations of women that came before that that have been completely overlooked. So today we're looking back. We're going way back into the early days of rock and roll and how women not only impacted the genre, but helped create it. Here to join me is a fellow music enthusiast, Kara Anderson. Uh, Anderson published an article about early female rock pioneers while she was studying at Columbia College in South Carolina, and she's also a fantastic musician herself, drumming in the South Carolina band Skeeter Bite, which is fun to say. Kara, thanks a lot for joining us today. You're welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me. So I wanted to have a woman to talk about women. I know it's a novel idea, but I thought I'd give it a shot here in 2018. And uh, I couldn't find hardly anything other than this one college paper that was written by you back in 2014. Yeah, honestly, it really is not surprising. You know, when you think of a rock and roller, you think of a man and usually a white man. White men are basically the standard of everything um, in our society, but... I think it's really damaging to think of Elvis as the ultimate rock and roller because Elvis wouldn't be, he wouldn't exist if it weren't for black women in particular, who you've already mentioned, Sister Rosetta Tharp, um, Memphis Minnie, they're numerous, but yeah, they aren't in the, the canon, so to speak. Yeah, we're going to do, we're going to talk a little bit about Elvis in one of these podcasts. I can't remember which episode it is, but uh, I mean, that guy was basically a lounge singer, <laughs> you know, and he took a lot right. of female, female songs and, and made them his own. What I wanted to do, if it's all right with you, I wanted to go back. Uh, I kind of mentioned Ma Rainey. Uh, we kind of covered mm -hmm. her a little bit, but one artist that I was really fascinated by 
was Sister Rosetta Tharp. So what do we know about her? Well, Sister Rosetta, she is, I mean, it needs to be stated, she was a queer black woman. She uh, was a singer and guitarist. She could, um, you know, she was more rowdy than Little Richard, than <laughs> all, you know, the most popular rock and rollers. Um, and so she, I mean, I'm pretty sure her nickname is the godmother of rock and roll. Right, right. And last, last year she was just recognized, um, you know, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame after decades of, of not being acknowledged by mainstream music. Yeah, and it really took a, you know, I saw the documentary that you referenced in your article. It was a uh, cold February weekend when my girlfriend and I thought a trip to Asheville in a cabin would be a good idea. And the cabin didn't didn't have any heat, and it was 20 degrees, and we only got one <laughs> station on the TV. And it was yeah. this documentary about Sister Rosetta, and I said, my God, I've thought I've known about rock music my whole life. And Sister Rosetta really set the stage for a lot of artists to come after her. Yeah, that's an amazing story. Um, yeah, I mean, she has a background in the blues, in gospel, and th that's, those genres are where rock and roll in the 50s and then um, pretty much popular music in general, you know, it all came out of the blues, which, you know, ha had been passed down to her from her ancestors. So it's so important to recognize the people who, who actually created this music. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know if, if you're the person to answer this question, but I know I'm not the person, so if, if, mm -hmm. if either one of us has a shot, it's probably going to be you, but I'm just kind of curious as to what life was like for these early female musicians. I think when you look at sports and you look at, well, really any other aspect of society, women are still really facing an uphill climb, but it doesn't seem to be that way as much in music and and women have kind of always been there. Of course, in the 20s and 30s, uh, people forget that before the end of World War II, you know, women were making a lot of progress, and the 50s kind of clamped back down on it a little bit. But I, I'm just kind of curious, and again, I don't know if you can answer this or not, but it's just kind of a, a question more than anything for the ages as to what life was like for these early women. Especially for black women, I mean— they were doing their thing during Jim Crow South, like right. segregation. Um, you know, Elvis became a thing because white people wanted to listen to rock and roll, but they didn't want to listen to black people. You know what I'm saying? And so um, he basically was formed so that white people could uh, listen to this stolen music, essentially, right. without, um, you know, having to hear it come out of a black person's mouth. So... I think, you know, depending on if what your race is, there's another notch against you. But like, just thinking about gender roles, you know, like your your job as a woman is to have babies and to care for uh, your husband and to you know keep house. So whenever you're a woman doing anything that's not those things, then you're you really have to believe in yourself. You really have to believe in yourself in your desire to create and to play music and so i think that is what inspires me you know these who at billy holiday i mean she faced discrimination in terms of like not being able to find a hotel around the venue she was playing at you know so the resiliency that early rock and roll women in a predominantly male field 
the resiliency is, is really amazing. And it's not only inspiring, but we really haven't come too far. You know, the people who maintain the wealth and the power in the music industry are still men. And, um, you know, it's always been that way. So for it to really change, um, we're going to have to do things differently. And I think the onus of that is on men um, because if women could have changed it by now, we would have kind of thing. So, yeah, I draw inspiration from what those women had to endure and also am just, you know, inspired to keep making music and, and make it better for those coming after me. We've talked a lot about the uh, black women in who were early pioneers. Let's talk a little bit about Wanda Jackson because she was billed as the female Elvis, and I think even Elvis said, you know, no, I'm the male Wanda Jackson. I had a chance. Yeah. I actually met Wanda Jackson. She was an inductee at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, when I worked there uh, several years ago, and she was, she was. I mean, imagine your grandmother just kind of standing there. That's Wanda Jackson, and then you realize, holy shit, this is a right. This is one of the great rock and rollers of our time. Just this sweet little old lady, and then she gets on stage, Kara, and just mm-hmm. crushes it. I mean, one of the best right. performances I've seen. So tell us, uh, tell the folks a little bit about uh, what Wanda Jackson meant to the early days of rock and roll. She was, you know, another one of the fearless pioneers who was willing to just live out her truth. And, um, you know, she was born in the early 1920s. One thing that I think is important is that women are encouraged to play music. And so it's, it's been a theme that I've realized throughout history for women to play music and to really have a confidence to perform um, that, that normally comes from an exposure to music in their childhood. And so Wanda is an example of that. You know, she, she was performing with her father's band at age 12. So I think, I think that's just important to note. And then, um, you know, she also played double bass. I think her career, you know, she played for over nearly 70 years. Um, and uh, She's operated still playing. Okay, yeah, right. So she operated Moon Records, which is, a famous label in Memphis until pretty recently. I mean, she she opened it in I think the fifties, late fifties, and um, up until I think the last decade. She is uh, certainly one of the uh, first to do it, and like I said, she's still performing. I think she's doing concert tours here in two thousand eighteen on 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 the road, uh, and she still sounds yeah. great too. She has a very unique sound, doesn't she? Yes, yes. I mean, she's funky, and she's powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, uh, is there anybody else we're forgetting here since we're getting kind of late in this? Is there anybody else that to folks should know about? I think it is important to note that just a lot of the rock and roll songs that we know, one that comes to mind, a whole lot of shaking going on, Jerry Lee Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these songs and some songs that Elvis and even like Zeppelin and, you know, the bands later on, male bands later on, were covering these songs by, you know, early black women um, singing blues and the roots of rock and roll. So what I just said, Jerry Lee Lewis's um, whole lot of shaking going on was originally um, a woman named Big Maybell, an African-American woman. So I think so I appreciate you just giving time to this conversation. Yeah, and folks, I highly recommend if you have some time on YouTube and, and, you know, it's so easy to get lost on YouTube. I do it all the time, but sit down and 
and look up some of these performers because you can find their music online. It's readily available out there and, and strongly suggest that. Kara, before we let you go, do you have uh, any shows or anything coming up? Again, her band is Skeeter Bite in South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're working on record- recording our first EP right now, but uh, folks can find us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, um, just at Skeeter Bite. So I think that's all. I do want to say just real quick that what you just said about um, YouTube, like we are living in an amazing time where we can find um, women artists. I think um, TomTom Magazine, it's the only um, magazine dedicated to women, non-binary and trans women drummers and percussionists. That's a great resource. And then She Shreds is also another magazine. It's dedicated to um, women guitarists. So, you know, I'm just, so grateful to live in a time where I have access to women musicians, even though they um, are not as prominent as our male counterparts. So, one step at a time is, is, I guess, the best you can hope for. Is that fair? I guess. Yeah. Yep. All right, Kara. Well, we're going to let you go, and uh, thanks for giving us some of your time, and appreciate uh, your insight into things. Thanks so much, Chris. All right, folks, that's going to do it for another episode of the Music History Podcast. Don't forget, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Mars, all of those places. Uh, You can uh, tweet at us, at Music History Pod, all one word on Twitter, and you can find me on uh, Instagram and on Facebook, at Chris Sheeman. Thanks again, everybody, and don't forget to check out the rest of the season.